Brett, Brett, how are you, mate? George, I've got a dad joke for you. Uh, you you certainly look like a dad now wearing that. Uh, folks, you can't you can't see this, but, but he's wearing a tartan. What is it? A tartan bloody a tartan golfing hat. Yeah, cap <laughs> with a pom pom on top. <laughs> I can see that. We we should take a screenshot and post it. Because oh, we should. Can you do that? I, I'm what thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You've actually given up on life, Brett. <laughs> What's going on? No, this is the new look. So I've got a dad joke for you. Yeah, go ahead. This guy walks into a library and he says, I'll have, uh, could I have some fish and chips, please? And the librarian said, excuse me, sir, this is a library. And he said, could I have some fish and chips, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is too sad. I know. But, that is too sad. But in COVID world, you've got to amuse yourself somehow. <laughs> yeah, I bet you have been somehow. <laughs> somehow. Somewhere. And, a lot, and lots of it too. <laughs> anyway. So, George. So, George. George. <laughs> yes. Tell yes, me who we've yes. got on today. We've got, oh, we have a we've couple, got star we have a couple studded. Of legends. Legends. We have a couple of legends. They're, they're astonishing legends, actually. Yeah. Ast- astonishing legends. Isn't that us? Yeah. <laughs> or are we miraculous legends? No, we, we are just legends. Okay, we're 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 uh, in our legends. own lunchtime. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But these guys really are legends. I mean, they 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 actually they actually have a podcast in the the good old U.S. of A. The United America. States of America, mm-hmm. and it's called Astonishing Legends. Now, the fellows we're interviewing today are Scott Philbrook and Forrest. Burgess, no. Are you reading off a cue card? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I've just wanted to get their names right. Because Let's I, just say Scott and I, Burgess. Yeah, Scotty, Scotty and Burgess and Forrest. Burjo. Uh, no, Forrest. Oh. Gumpy. Oh. Gumpy. Gumpy. Oh, right. Is it really? Because oh, I was looking at the email. Oh, right. He's got his last name first. Well, you can call him Burgess. Let's see how that goes. Okay. Let's let's call him Burjo, as the Aussies yeah. would, right? Yeah, Burjo, that's it. Well, well yeah, and uh, Scotto, Scotty, Scotty, <laughs> Scotto. <laughs> no, it'd be it'd be Philbo, wouldn't it? Philbo, probably, probably. Philbo. But, you know, these guys are absolutely amazing. I don't know where they where they get their their uh, their content from, but they've you know they 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 featured everything from alien autopsies to you know strange. Uh, uh, as a strange hermit that built a uh, uh, you know a castle out of solid rock all by himself without any uh, heavy equipment, um, you know that the oh there's a there's a there's a, an Australian uh, a homage to Australia in the Summerton Man series that they put together, which apparently is a an unsolved mystery from from Adelaide, um, which. Which it gets taught at the FBI. So when when people um, you know um, uh, at the FBI college, so to speak, I think that's Langley. They get they get um, they get to review this case. Adelaide's a, Adelaide or South Australia is a mystery in general, isn't it? Well, it is a mystery, <laughs> but even more so that it, that it dates back to the early nineteen uh, fifties, which is wow. incredible. So these guys have you know some amazing stories to tell us. I'm I'm very curious. I'm very curious as to uh, you know how they source these stories. They're just, yeah, they're just well, so bizarre. Well, instead of rabbiting on, let's just get on with the show. Yeah, good one. And mate. here they are, Philbo and Berger. 
<laughs> okay, let's get him in. <laughs> Welcome to the Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. So, um, so gentlemen, thank you. Thank you very much for giving up so, so much of your precious time oh, sure. to, be, to be with us down under. And, uh, and, you know, you guys are, well, nothing short of astonishing legends in my mind, because I must be your only follower down here in the, uh, in, in Australia. <laughs> you, uh, you'd be surprised. We, we have a lot so. of uh, Oz fans. Uh, no, yeah. No. Especially there's, yeah. you know, there's so many weird stories that come out of Australia. Uh, you got your, your Summerton man, your Yowies. Uh, it's just ripe, uh, with all kinds of, uh, uh, mystery and lore and, uh, and legends. And it's a, yeah fantastic place oh, oh absolutely absolutely you know and i guess i guess uh you know later on uh as you as you start to run out of um, stories because you don't seem to be uh, <laughs> you could probably you could probably um you know go by geography and and feature countries and yeah and, and the astonishing legends in those in those weird places and we do have a few we do have a few and we off air we could probably share a few with you over a couple of beers but um sure. oh, yeah but uh you guys um you guys are uh like really um, amazing from, I mean, we know how hard it is to, to uh, you know, run a podcast. We know how hard it is to get people on, to find information on, um, on people and, and actually get them to, to release any details. But you go deep, you go real deep um, on a lot of your stories. And who does that? Who does that out of the two of you? Uh we both do it. Uh, initially, when we started, Forrest was still working full time and I did a lot of the heavy lifting on the research. But then um, as the show progressed uh, and he became more available to work on it, it's it's now pretty much both of us. Although we do, we split duties. Like I, I'm kind of the book inhaler. I uh -huh. like, and I like, I like inhaling the books. And then he's, what he's really good at is uh, structure on the outlines, like how to tell the story or turn it into a story. Because as you know, uh, these stories, unless they're particularly mythic, they actually don't usually come in nice little three-act structure packages. So you're having to try yeah. to figure out how to make it go somewhere. We have a, a few series that we've done where, you know, after we got done, like Skinwalker Ranch, or people are like, well, that doesn't, it's not, it's all out of order. It doesn't make any sense. We're like, that's how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, well, Forrest is pretty good yeah. about that part of it, you know. Yeah, it'll be a well, weird uh, cluster of, of events. And, you know, some stories do lay out pretty uh, linearly or there's, it's got to have a built-in narrative of its own, but other ones are, it's a series of weird happenings in a time period. And yeah, you can kind of go uh, chronological with them, but uh, in a lot of cases, uh, this... <laughs> the stories you cover are so strange none of it makes much sense and so when you hear that's like well the, yeah like scott said this makes no sense it's just there's a there's a, a giant bat thing that swooped down on a blood mobile and tried to haul it off and then a, a guy saw a, a a bigfoot in the woods nearby like well what what's the connection it's like well you have to make your own and we're just presenting 
uh, all the strange cases as they come up in, in that time period. So uh, yeah, sometimes just we, we usually try to follow where the story takes us or where um, you know the incident or the legend kind of happens, and we let that decide how we're going to tell it a lot of the time. Well, we're, 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 thank you, thank you. We're going to go back a little bit though before mm -hmm. we get stuck into some of the some of the weird mm -hmm. and wonderful stories and how you guys go about finding out these stories in the first place. I don't know. Do you have access to the dark web somewhere? But uh, <laughs> um, but going back, um, how did you two eventually come together as as uh, podcasters or come up with the idea of um, you know astonishing legends? Like, what is it that possessed the two of you? Well, wants... I, you know we. We are friends for a long time, uh, acquaintances really for even longer. I don't even know. We were talking about this the other day. It might have been 20 years now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we had been floating around in the same circles in Los Angeles for a while in, in the 90s. And uh, that old. didn't really bumped into each other a few times at parties and had the same circle of friends. But then uh, my wife and I moved to New York City for almost 10 years. Thought we'd never be back in L.A. And then she had an opportunity that brought us back to L.A., um, so we came back after being gone, well, I guess nine years. And um, at that time, we also had a 10 month old and she was out earning me by like five to one. So I was like, you know, why don't I take care of the baby? Because it, it, like, <laughs> it was, we had a nanny, it was costing a fortune. And I was like, my work was drying up a little bit, especially after I'd been gone from the LA market for a while. So I did that for like two or three years until he, and when he got into school, I was like, I want to go back to work. And I was like, I really don't want to go back to what I used to do, which was editing television commercials, which was very good to me, but I was tired of it. And so yep. I, um, I thought, you know, all the, so all the post-production stuff was kind of a no brainer and how to put the gear together and get decent mics and even editing and recording and all that. And I guess I just, you know, it seemed like podcasts were happening, you know, and mm -hmm. some folks have been out there for a while and forced and I started, I was like, Hey, force, you know, what do you think? Why don't we, what if we're always talking about this really weird stuff. And I personally, actually, I thought, I was mostly going to try to like pitch to him a show where I just sat around and tried to corral him because he is the man with the information and like right. he just knows the weirdest stuff. And so uh, we started talking about it and I don't even remember how it fully evolved. Like I can't say, oh, it was my idea. Oh, it was his idea. It just sort of, and well, then we, you know. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I actually thought about this quite a bit and it it's one of those things where it's hard to remember. It's been so long and you, you, you try to remember what was that seminal moment where uh, the, you know, the light bulb goes off and you, you both get this idea. And, and I got to say, I can't remember who, you know, sparked the idea, but I'm, I was thinking about it. And I think we were talking about to back up a little Scott and some of his friends and some of our collective friends, uh, Scott and, uh, you know, these guys had come up with an idea for an internet citizen reporter type based show called Reality Feed. And it, it, it was a great idea where people would send in kind of strange stories that were happening in their towns. And it could be anything. It could be a, there, there's a, a rally. Uh, there's a monster truck show. There's something going on that's kind of fun. Uh, it could be an old story uh, from your great grandparents. And then you would record that, send it to Scott, I think, and they would uh, you could either edit it yourself or they would try to edit it and it would end up, the idea was to, for it to end up on a website. And that's how people would come to get the stories. But it was kind of ahead of this. Time. Yeah, this was, by the way, three to five years before YouTube. So it was, yeah, kind of a, right. it was, a, it was a malformed YouTube idea. Like now, it, why I say it's ahead of its time is that now it's so easy. People don't think about it. You can record a whole podcast or a, yep. a, a video clip on your phone and do it live or have it mm. uh, 
disseminated right there and you didn't have all that. And so uh, even like as Scott said, we worked at post-production uh, facilities. I did at a video post-production place and I had full editing gear, but to find the time to go out and shoot the stories and, and, and do all that and edit it and then get it to Scott like on videotape to mail it to him uh, because uploading uh, was not very fast. And yeah, I had delusions of simplicity because I had was in post-production. So I was thinking, you know, I knew it was around the corner that everyone would be able to do it. But in my mind, it was more accessible than it was. So that's part of, that was yeah. part of the thing. People couldn't, people couldn't get to it. Now everybody can do right. it. Everybody's phone can do it, whatever. But right. it was, that's what, that was the part of it that was, it was too early. So I, I think our origin myth was, uh, I'm because we used to talk about that, like, man, you know what, that it, it, too bad that didn't take off and, and look how much people can do nowadays. And, and uh, you know, what if we had that idea now in some form? And it's like, well, you know what, we should, we could do a show, we could do an audio show, we could do a podcast, you ever heard of that? And like, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so then we started looking into podcasts and specifically, it's like, well, what's the thing that both of us like to talk about? Well, strange stories about history and uh, uh, strange mysteries, weird science, um, great biographies, the old West, all these things that we like to talk about. It's like, well, that's gotta be, you know, the basis of the show. It's certainly not us reviewing movies. Although I, I wish we'd done that instead because it would be a lot easier. Mm. Uh, but we decided like, well, we could do that. We started looking at uh, what podcasts were out there that covered the paranormal and, and, uh, and weird, weird history and, and strange myths. And, uh, there weren't that many. Uh, and so we got in at a good time. And, and this would have been, uh, I think, October, Scott, like uh, October 4th, 2014, I think is yeah. when wow. we launched the first one. It's like We launched you know, the so first one, but we recorded the very first episode a few months earlier than that. And right. then we made that one like the eighth episode. That was an interview with a friend that wound up being number eight. And it's funny, the first show, the very first show, Forrest wasn't even hardly in it at all. We had a guest, a friend of mine was on who, you know, told some stories and it's fun. It's still entertaining, but it's, you know, we, it wasn't, we hadn't figured out where it was going yet, you know? Yeah. So, so we kind of launched at a good time for that. Like there were already podcasts out there. It was gaining momentum. Uh, one of the shows that inspired me that, you know, told us that I think we could maybe make a living at this if we do it well, uh, was Jim Harold because he had the uh, two shows out running and one was uh, uh, the paranormal podcast and Jim Harold's campfire. And <laughs> actually that was one of the ideas Scott and I had. It's like, well, we, what if we get people to call in and, and email us with their strange stories and we just feature them and we're kind of like the hosts. And uh, we found out like, well, Jim already has that show. But uh, it did inspire us to, to think that, yeah, I think we could do a podcast and maybe at least have it pay for itself. And he was one of the few that were serious out there that, that was showing that you can do that. And so we, we rode that wave. Uh, and of course, now it's like we've uh, we become friends with so many people that uh, start off as listeners and wanting to help with research, and they all have their own podcast now. So mm. Mm. Uh, it's great; anybody can do it. Yeah. I guess what struck me most about your podcast when I first listened to it was how much more entertaining and flowing it is um, compared to any of the others yeah. in your genre. It, it's it's great Thank to you. listen to, you know. Y yeah, no, and de you. and definitely and definitely you. I mean, we 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 uh, automatically pick up the uh, your fluctuations in sound quality of many podcasts out there. And you guys have really you, your sound your production values are very high, which we which we really appreciate. Mm. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. 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 Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. That's and that owes to you know we we did have a leg up in that we become uh, because we came from uh, post production. Uh, yeah. media post-production background so we knew a little yeah, bit yeah i more was about flogged 
I was flogged by my boss for seven right. years as an assistant editor. It, like you had to send things out and they had to be perfect. And I watched right. them three times back in real time before it went to the client. And that the, that's the only reason. And I was thinking about that the other day. I was talking to my wife about like, you know, guy, it's, you know, I don't really miss that career, but without it, it this show, our show wouldn't be what it is. Like it, it because we learned so much about just, you know, how to really pay attention to what you're doing and make sure your finished product is good. And, you know, Cross all the T's and dot the I's and all that. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that we're not you know Hollywood celebrities. We don't uh, we're not already famous or or are coming from TV or some other medium where we're already known. We had to take every advantage we mm. could. No, you're definitely you're definitely not uh, Forrest and Scott because you said yes to this invite. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so you know, I mean, we're, we're <laughs> what can I what can I say? And I and I and I and I must say I, I commend you on your on your courage in uh, in extending an open invite to every nutter out there to come to you with every <laughs> with with every harebrained story in the, that they could conjure up, they, <laughs> I love they that. just do, uh, <laughs> and that's what you learn is that that's one thing that we always say about uh, the genre, and that uh, you know we'll be Scott going back to when we would just talk about this stuff. I think Scott and I we have really close mutual friends uh, within our circle, but you can't talk to them about some of this stuff it'll just roll your their eyes at you like now oh, come on you, you didn't you didn't really see that or that didn't really happen to you or i believe you that happened to you but you were you were mistaken so once you open that up and you show to people that uh, you're not going to laugh at them uh that you'll you may not believe them but you'll take the story seriously mm -hmm. uh, people start coming to you and and that's what i always say is i you know people will say like well this is this kind of stuff that happens is very rare and it is it, it, it is a very rare for some people a once or twice in a lifetime experience where something just really unexplainable happened mm. i'm not saying it's it's paranormal necessary it's just that mm. it's unexplainable by mundane and, and pedestrian uh means and mm. uh if you start asking people and you're serious and genuine wanting to know they'll sometimes open up and they'll tell you something you never heard before because they thought you were going to laugh at them and, and that's what happens when we when you present that format for them. We get all kinds of letters uh, from people saying that, uh, yeah, I, I just I, I just want somebody to tell me I'm not crazy, but this weird thing happened to me. What do you think? And uh, yeah, so we, we, we try to read every letter that comes in. We don't have to often have time to respond to all of them. But uh, yeah, there's some really strange stuff that happens out there. And then you think back like, well, are they all mistaken? Is mm. is everyone just kind of nuts and they, they can't tell uh, a, a zigzagging light in the sky from the planet Venus? Uh, was it an upright seven foot bear that's that's walking around and throwing apples at them? I you know it's like I I don't know. We weren't there, but we'll we'll certainly entertain that and uh, and we won't laugh at them. How long does it take you to to form up and complete an episode like, or a or a two part or three part like it? I should imagine all that research would be a lot of work. It is. It's a it's a ton of work. It it usually takes um, at least a couple of weeks to build one of those episodes, and it should take longer. But we often don't have the luxury of the additional time because mm. we're not that streamlined in terms of our workflow. I mean, we try to one time like two years ago we got ahead by a few months <laughs> and, then, and then i was like oh we can do it we can do it and then um and we sort of did that because i was moving across the country and we needed a break we needed a gap to uh, facilitate that and then after that move um we we sort of basked in the free time until it was gone and <laughs> well now we're life back gets in the way yeah, yeah it, life it, gets it in the way so yeah um, so yeah it, it takes 
Yeah. It, I mean, it takes a couple of weeks, book, you know, book reading and outlines and all of that. And a lot of times we sit down and record and um, we're really only 70% ready. And there's a lot of talking for a couple of hours. And sometimes there's like, you know what, we should just come back tomorrow. We need to keep, <laughs> this one needs to keep cooking. <laughs> it's, it's a good, yeah, it's a good uh, three or four days put together. But, you know, when you're working at home and uh, like Scott said, uh, we gave up our day jobs a, a while ago. So it's all this lifetime stuff that happens like, oh, I should put in a load of laundry. You know, I should go to the grocery store before mm. it gets crowded at 5 p.m. I should so feed my kid. Yeah, mm. maybe mm. the kid, yeah, maybe the family needs feeding. And uh, so you try and work around all that. So it's really hard to gauge how much, uh, it, you know, like it, that's the difference between going to an office where it's like you get in at nine, you leave at six, six thirty, seven o'clock, uh, and then you can leave it for the day. You're, you're done. Mm. You go home and do whatever you're going to do. And then the weekends are free. So we don't have that structure. So somewhere in there, we get it done, but it's probably three, four, uh, five days for a good solid one part. And then uh, if we get ahead enough on the outline, uh, you know, sometimes we will, we'll see it's like, okay, this is enough for two parts because mm. that's the, you know, the luxury and uh, uh, of, of doing a podcast. It's not a TV show. You don't have to trim it down to, into a half hour, 22 minutes with commercials and all that. You can say as much as you want on it. And that's the way we want to do our show. Look, just to, just to, um, you know, I'm curious because, you know, when I, when I went to my wife and I said to her, Hey honey, we're, we're <laughs> Brett and I are going to put together a podcast and, uh, yeah. and who knows one day we might actually do it full time. She said, that's a euphemism for being a bludger. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you don't want to work in other words. <laughs> I said, well, no, no, honey, there's a lot of work involved. There really is. There's research. There's, you know, even sending out invites, right? You know, you send out a hundred yeah. invites, oh, you yeah. only get one response chasing people up he, yeah i mean you guys uh you guys actually have been churning out the episodes churning them out and um and they're not they're not just your straight up interview they're there's deep it's detailed work and and research and um it's impressive that you you know it, it takes you so long to put an episode together but you manage to keep pushing them out so um yeah i guess you guys are not very productive for your wives right <laughs> well i don't no. i don't have to worry about that because yeah I, I'm, I'm still single so it's oh like okay i, I can waste as no much life. time as i like exactly so i'll call you nigel is, no life it's all right <laughs> how, does, how does a handsome uh, rooster like yourself remain single because you never leave, you never just, you never leave your place. Right. You're in the dark it's room a, forever. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea we were quarantined. It just seemed normal to me. And now people are wearing masks. Uh, so I did, I did too. Yeah. Uh, so he but, looks out the window. He's like, huh, I wonder, I wonder what's going on. It just looks exactly Everyone's the got same. a mask on. Yeah. I'll put one on too. too. There's, yeah, another, there's another episode. <laughs> Everyone's got a mask. There must be a story in that. <laughs> exactly. But the, the, I will say the, the difference though is, and we thought about this is that, uh, you know, if, if you're like another show where you, you spend one episode uh, per uh, topic and it's maybe it's only an hour long, mm. well, throughout the year, you can cover a lot more stories. Um, yeah. But it just kind of organically uh, fell to us. It's like, well, we're not done with this. Like we, we would find something else interesting that we wanted to talk about or during the research. And a lot of times it happens the night before. It's like you'll trip on a uh, an old article from an old book. It's like, wow, did, Scott, did you hear about this? It's like, you know, this person's making this connection and we should talk about that. And so that's kind of when it rolled into multi-part episodes and 
and, and sometimes we do one-offs as we call them, but if you do multiple parts, it's like, well, then you're not going to cover as many topics throughout the year. But on the other hand, we, we think we've covered them pretty fully. Uh, each one that we, we handle, at least it's everything that we think it's pertinent to the, uh, to the topic. Yeah. I, I look at, I'd like to see your book collection, Forrest, because um, you must, you must have some weird, weird, weird books in your collection. Because... There's uh <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's, well, yeah. And most of them remain unread because it, Scott and I do the same thing. Like you, you scoop up a bunch of books and it's like, you're not going to have time to read all those. And, <laughs> and uh, but they're there. So if we need to dig into them, uh, case in point, my dad, uh, year 20 maybe 30 years ago gave me this old book on lost treasures and it was just uh, a, a book that was actually printed i think in the uh, early 30s and just my collection Is that coronado's I, children yeah so yeah, yeah so it was a collection of uh, of folk uh, folklore tales and, and lost yeah. treasure stories and uh, i just saw it there it's like oh but there's something in here that's kind of interesting and then that's oh. how we came across yeah the, the story of uh Jacques Lafitte. Yeah, I bought an old copy. Uh, I like to collect the old, you know, and if it's one that's really cool that we come across, I, so I bought a vintage copy of that oh, after we that. did that you show. Bob, yeah. You two are the Bobsy twins. That's amazing. <laughs> that's, uh, He'll scoop up a bunch of books too. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a big collection of ones that, uh, you know, that you uh, like to have on hand, but when you'll ever get to them, who knows? Well, I, I'm just curious. I mean, obviously, you, as you as you mentioned earlier, um, a lot of your listeners send you send you stories. I imagine a lot don't make the cut. A lot of stories do not make the cut. And the well, ones and what? How do you choose? Um, how do you know um, that that there might be something in a story as opposed to it's a whole lot of horseshit? Excuse the language. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll I'll make this comment, and then I think Scott can follow up with his thought just briefly. It, it's to air a story uh, or at least do a uh, an episode on one i think you can either do a, a collection of those around the same theme mm -hmm. or you find one that has a real story structure to it and, mm. and like i said it, it can't be you can't do a whole episode i'm just like well i i was walking down the street actually we did that was paula's episode where they had a um <laughs> she had an encounter in a new york city diner like three or four in the morning i've had uh, a few of those strange, yeah very strange <laughs> and, and it's like you don't and, want to know those stories <laughs> anyway well that exactly that's that's the point is that uh everybody's bumped into somebody weird at some point that gave them the chills perhaps but what was the as i call it the button on the story was uh you know she she describes this person it, it, it chilled her to the bone she said i it freaked me out so bad i gotta get out of here we're in the middle of a meal it's 3.30 in the morning, and it's like, yeah, it's New York City. You're going to meet all kinds of weirdos. So <laughs> she uh, threw some money down, told her friend, like, let's go. And the friend said, yep, let's go. They both ran out the door, ran down the street for like a block or two, and then they finally stopped, and her friend said, like, that guy was – there was something wrong with him. He was giving me the creeps. And they hadn't discussed it in the diner at all. They had the exact same feeling uh, simultaneously without telling each other. So – Again, wow. it, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a, there's a little hook on that story that it, now that's it's something more than just a weird encounter. So, when we get a story, well, like with Black Eyed Children, for for instance, it's a lot of people have had strange encounters, and so uh, unless that is kind of going somewhere other than like I it was you know two in the morning and I opened my door and there's there's two nine year old kids with totally black eyes giving me the creeps on my doorstep. That's pretty weird. Uh, but there has to be maybe a little something more with that before 
we would include that in an episode and that, uh, yeah, that, that person turns around, they look around and they're gone. You know, the, mm. the, the, they vanish. There's something strange about it that sets it apart rather than just uh, a weird, ins a one-off incident. Uh, or if we have a collection of those, we could feature it in a themed uh, episode. Yeah. So th that's my point of it. But Scott, what do you, what do you think is the, <clears throat> what makes a good listener story well, I mean, I think you covered it pretty well. And we do hear from people, and this is the interesting thing about this kind of stuff is we, we do hear from people that have highly unusual events, but they're quick and uh, they, maybe they only happen one time, but it's weird. It's still weird, but it doesn't make an episode of our show. Mm. We still get those emails and there's a lot more going out there. There's a lot more going on out there than people think, um, which is what I think. And, and sure, a lot of people are mistaken. Everybody, you know, you think you see something out of the corner of your eye and it's, it's the shadow of a jet that was flying over that just caught you a strange way or something. But there's there's other things happening too. Um, and then there's other stories that we've covered. Um, and we had one episode, and we've mentioned this before on, uh, well, I guess it's a meetup. So I don't know if we've ever said it in an interview, but we had a whole show flushed out and wound up not doing it because out of respect for um, the surviving members of a, um, victims that were murdered. And but right. the story was related to psychic act like ghost like activity from one of the victims, and um, we didn't want to put it out there uh, because the message would be that the ghost of this loved one was talking to people outside the family. But if it wasn't talking to the family, then that's a real kind of horrible thing to put out in the world. So yeah, right. that one just never got published. And then there's <laughs> there's other times. Most of the time, we find. That the story we try to vet them fairly well every now and then we we get one that wasn't properly vetted and we've got to push it through anyway it's, it hasn't happened too much but um that will be we'll be like yeah let's do this let's do this and then we get into we got the outline everything we're sitting down to record and we're like there's there's absolutely nothing here and not only that it's boring <laughs> you know yeah, right. well it's it's yeah. it's more yeah there's nothing to it but like what the, the story that scott is talking about um this was a publicized uh really horrible uh, tragic murder that happened but the what i would say the hook or the button on it was that a a crucial point or character in that story a real person was somehow appearing to a close friend of ours it's oh. like okay now that is that's, that's somebody we trust yeah i mean that mm. is somebody if they said that this has been going on like i totally trust that it is um we weren't there to experience it but if they're saying that that's what happened and they had all these details that's okay now that's a story that in that there is a uh you know a beginning middle and end to it uh there was some kind of a resolution to it but again we we couldn't air that because it's this other family it's like well you're involving them too this really happened to them it's not just a, a fantastical story and a, and a spooky ghost story this is a real life tragedy so um at that point it's like well yeah and and they don't want this out there and they don't want to be bothered because that's yeah, and the, the other thing that sometimes happens yeah the other thing that was strange about that one is that uh several people contacted us independently asking us to cover that particular story so it's like there were forces trying to get us to do it uh people that didn't know each other that uh, another one that was particularly close to it had reached out and said, you guys have to talk about this. I'm loosely connected to this one family. And, and I had to explain to that person. I was like, yeah, we, we can't, we, you know, we went that far, but we can't do it. So that, that's bizarre. Is that there, is yeah. bizarre. It is. Yeah. That, is there, is there a particular story that sticks out in your mind that you both went, Whoa, that's just over the, off the charts. 
Oh, Brett, most of them are off the charts. Yes. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but no, I know that, but I, I mean... We're, we're splitting hairs right. here, are we? <laughs> okay. Well, no, uh, you know. Okay. You know, I, these guys, I know what he, these guys yeah. are wacky dacky. Come on, seriously. <laughs> I know what Brett's talking about. Uh, one that uh, that shoulders. I well, there's yeah, there's one that's very personal uh, that happened to Scott. And oh, really? Uh, are you well, happy to he, share that? Yeah, because right. it, I think I think it. Um, uh, we did a, a four part series on it because it was. Uh, it's one of those things where it's a haunted house. Uh, it was totally unrelated. And as Scott said, it sounds like there's forces that were somehow coming together uh, with a synchronicity that you can't explain that, that wants us involved in some way. And uh, I'll let Scott tell the story, but yeah, that was one that we where we showed up, we weren't expecting anything. We walked away with an experience that changed our beliefs a little. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, it's Gino from Bondi Broker. In today's changing times, the importance of health and financial security has never been more important. At Bondi Broker, we work with you to improve your financial security by offering free financial health checks, assisting in reducing your debt, and gain competitive rates to improve your cash flow. Bondi Broker gets you in the best financial health so you can focus on what matters most. Visit our website today for your free consultation at bondibroker.com.au. Really? So what I must have missed those episodes because I've I've been listening avidly to your um to your podcast. But what was the name the name of the uh, uh, the it's story? It's a series called uh, the Sally House. The Sally and House. Okay. Yeah, it's it's oh, a yeah. house in um, Atchison, Kansas, and um it's it, you know it's you know these lists are lists are useless, but it is considered one of the top ten like most haunted houses in the U.S. or whatever and. Um, we were actually in Atchison because we're, um, at the time we were researching and have since become kind of permanently involved in this, the Amelia Earhart search and the mystery. Oh, yes, yes, her. yes. And that's her hometown. So we went there to go be on a panel at a festival that a friend of ours organized. Um, and, uh, uh, Chris Williamson, who had a podcast called Chasing Earhart, which has run its course now, but it's still, it's probably the most detailed uh, series of shows on her there. He's talked to literally everybody, every expert there ever was, but he put together a panel and he had asked us to be on it. So we went there because there's a festival every year. Cause she was born there. It was right around her birthday to be on this panel. And that the Sally house happens to be in that town. And this is a small, small town. Um, so we, before we left, we were thinking, uh, you know, we should get, we could get another show in the can. You know, you're trying to like multitask and like oh we'll come away from this we'll have an amelia show and then we'll also have one on this haunted house it'll be fun and then when we got there we uh the panel that we were on we had a lot to say we had to write statements and do research and all this stuff and we were uh it was among our earlier public appearances so we were pretty freaked out and just overwhelmed and we kind of decided you know what let's forget the sally house we're not you know we got too much going on we're only here a few days and then we had a meetup there with another podcast called Generation Y, uh, really cool guys. They were close enough by that they could drive. And so they came out and we did a thing at like the Elks Lodge uh, for their listeners and our listeners. And, uh, you know, 100 or so people showed up, maybe a few more. And uh, we did a Q&A and everything. And at this meetup, we met um, the tourism director for the town. And um, we mentioned, you know, well, we're going to try to go to the house, but the people we talked to, they, they wanted us to pay them. And we're like, we're not, we're already barely wanting to having time to go. And then the next day she called and said, Hey guys, you know, I know you don't have to go here until for a couple hours. I got the keys if you want to go over. And 
So we went to the house and just, you know, long story short. And it's, it's interesting because it was not, not only were Forrest and I there, our head of research, and it was the first time we'd met her in person, even though she'd worked for us for years, Tess mm -hmm. was there. Mm -hmm. um, she lives in Washington, DC. So it was great to fly her out and have her there. And then on top of that, my dad and stepmom were there. And my son was with us because I thought, you know, well, we can come to the Amelia Earhart Festival. There's an air show and all that. So we all went over to the house, but uh, he wisely refused to get out of the car. He was nine at the time. He was like, I'm not going in there. And so he stayed in the car. <laughs> Smart boy. And we went inside and um, we had just bought this recorder that is a digital recorder from, uh, I think, in the 90s it was produced originally. Um, and it used to be like $60 or $40, but it was notorious for getting um, EVPs or electronic voice phenomenon, like ghost recordings. Um, and so much so that there's this lore around it that, you know, they had to stop producing it because people kept picking up weird things on it. And so we've got, there's a whole story behind that. And that's part of that series that talks about it. And I won't go into that now, but we bought one. And I'm telling you right now, these are expensive. They're on eBay. I don't know where they're at now, but it was, I think the one we bought was 1200. Ooh, and I think uh -huh. they're now like 1600 US. So we bought one of these and um, we were anxious to give it a shot. So we took it into the house um, and the house has all these notorious things that happened in it. It was featured on a, a television show again, back in the nineties called sightings uh, mm. about this family that had a lot of things that happened in it, the Pikmin family. And it all centered around this one particular room. So we took the recorder up to the room. I'm really summing this up. I'm summing up literally 16 hours of information. <laughs> <laughs> good. So You're doing a good recorder, job. <laughs> we took the recorder up to the room and we put it on a little dresser and we put it in voice activation mode and hit record and closed the door and went downstairs. Nobody was up on that floor. Small house, small town, the whole nine yards. And I left it there for two or three minutes. We were all downstairs quietly talking about the house and, oh, it's musty. And I can see this must have been, in my, in my mind, I was thinking it was spooky at one time, but that probably has passed. I, you know, I believed in the haunting. I believed that it was real. I believed what happened to that family. But I thought, mm, that's old news. This is a tourist trap at this point or whatever, which is fine. That's cool. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go back. I wandered back up to get the recorder and I brought it down and nobody's really thinking anything. I'm sitting down on a chair on, in the living room and I was just playing it back. And you can hear me and say, uh, if you have anything to say, now's the time. I'm going to leave the room. And then you hear me close the door. And then this thing comes on the recording that was so bone chilling and frightening. You can tell that it's talking or yelling, really. And it seems enraged. And uh, it was so... Uh, shocking for me personally that I had I basically had to storm out of the house with the recorder and I was like I'm not going back in there I'm done and that led to a whole thing and we did a whole series on it and in the series we sent the recorder to a professional a forensic audiologist for analysis we did all this kind of stuff trying to figure out what it was and we still don't know and lots of people have had very adverse reactions to the recording we call it file 10 it's on our YouTube channel actually just that if you don't want to bother with the whole series and, uh, but the whole series is kind of about that. It's about what happened to the Pikmins originally and then about our journey and then how we wound up in this house and then the recording we got. And that was the most personal intense thing that's happened to me since we started the show. That was a personal experience and I had never had one prior to that. That's, so. that's quite bone chilling actually. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's not easy to explain away, is it? <laughs> it's, it's not. And, and we tried, we pursued every possible analysis we could of how the recording could have been produced. I mean, the guy we sent it to has a lab where, you know, he's a professional witness. He like, he, he cleaned up the uh, cockpit voice recordings of the plane that flew JFK's body back. He like, he's the dude that used, he's on CNN all the time. Mm. And he was 
he was like, I took this thing in and we tried to duplicate what you got and we couldn't duplicate it. And he goes, and we also can't figure out what it is. And um, he was going to take it to a next step. And then he was just tearing the thing apart. Yeah. Yeah. He taking wanted... it apart. He, he was, he wanted to take it to these, uh, a group of scientists at Colorado university in Denver, who uh, I think were electrical engineers. He's like, we should send it to them. Uh, they could take it apart and see what's going on with it. And I was like, great. And then like a couple of days went by and he was like, I'm sending this back and giving you a refund for the last several hours in the lab. What? And I was, yep. And then he just sent it back. And He's, and he's like, I, I can't work on this anymore. So I'm not really sure. I'm not saying that's spooky. I, I always, my thought was always that he was a little worried about his day rate to testify in court if he kept pursuing this crazy thing. But I, I don't know if he'd have called and said, hey, let's do this off the record. We'd have said, sure, but he mm. didn't. So, you know, I, I don't know what happened. So he sent it back to us. We still have the recorder and we've gotten a lot more strange stuff with it. But I mean, I don't even keep it in my house. Forrest has it. I don't like, and I don't listen to that. I haven't listened to that recording in couple well at least a year and a half probably so 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 you um you could make out the words though you could make out what was being said you no, you can't you, oh, can't, you make can't out the words well what you can well to to, to be well clear, some people yeah you yeah it, it sounds like words so some people have identified uh certain words that they think it sounds like it and then you hear it, it's like yeah it kind of sounds like that Right. But it's not so clear that it's, uh, let's say, universally accepted about what each word is. Now, I've uh, used it quite a bit in the years since then. The and I've gotten, uh, yeah, the recorder. And I've gotten some recordings that uh, are clearer with it. I uh, recently got one where it's probably one of the clearest I've had, where if you listen to it uh, and you play it for the people around you, you all agree right then what it said. Yeah, right. Mm. Uh, right. it, yeah, and I had I got a couple of those. I got one or two that um, you have it with you. I noticed. Yeah, it, it's you. actually in the oh. studio here. Oh, oh yeah. my god! Uh, is, is... Yeah, put that thing away. Uh, <laughs> I, I noticed. I noticed that on. I, I noticed that on your YouTube channel, it comes with a pretty heavy warning. Yeah. Well, I mean, here, yeah. here's what's. Uh, and some people it doesn't phase them. It, it doesn't. You know, other yeah, people right. it freaks them out. Really. I mean, we just got an email. Yep. two days ago from a 21 year old uh, shop owner. And I can't remember which she's in mechanical engineering. So I can't remember what it was, but from Mumbai, who was like, I finally was oh. listening to Sally house. And she was like, how bad can this be? She goes, not a skeptic. But and then she was just the whole last paragraph was like, how about how freaked out she was after she heard it. Right. It's just like, that's wow. one of the strange things about it is that uh, it affects people so differently some people are like you guys are full of baloney this was nothing but a bunch of static and noise and i don't even know why you talked about it uh some people sense just felt sad it's like i, I just they felt sad it's, for it brought tears that. to some people's yeah. eyes yeah some yeah. people are scared down chilled down to the bone it's it's just the widest range of reactions to it and well and we have a spreadsheet which Tess made for us I, I haven't looked at it in a while of reactions and it, where you know people said no reaction or strong reaction and the other thing that seemed to be associated with it was failure of electronic and mechanical equipment uh, on several cases so it was almost like it it seemed like it had metadata in it somehow or so it's just beyond anything I ever thought we would be examining and um, and I was so uncomfortable with it. I'm not really prepared to like, we bought this really expensive plugin for pro tools that uh, recovers dialogue. It's mostly professionals use it when they've had a, something go bad at a shoot and they can't get De Niro to come back and do the line or whatever. 
Right. And so this thing, it's very sophisticated and it's got this proprietary algorithms and you're, you know, when you pull it up in the, in the software, it's like, you're, you know, at NORAD about to launch a missile. It's crazy. <laughs> like all the stuff you can do with it. And like, I want to learn it and use it. And um, I actually have signed up to take some classes on it. But even when I learn it, I don't think I can go back and apply it to that file. And also there's a question, and we talk about this in the series, of whether or not when it's recovering dialogue, if it's creating something that isn't there or revealing something that is there. Mm -hmm. And they don't, at the company, and I've talked to them about this, they don't particularly want to say because the algorithm's proprietary. So they don't necessarily yeah. want to say to you, um, you know, the masterpiece is in the stone and we're chipping away and revealing it, or we're creating the masterpiece out of nothing you know, it's so it's that question. So it's just the whole thing was just it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was one. That was one though to answer your yeah. Yeah, I took too much time on that. Not at all. I mean, we could tell we can tell that it ac actually affected the two of you uh, deeply. So uh, uh, I'm I'm now curious to go and listen to the audio recording. But um, yeah, let's, yeah let's, I don't particularly want to hear it. But if you want to listen no, to it after no, we're no, done, I, I, or will I can take my headphones out for a minute. Before we, no, before that's all right. We get, we'll do it after. <laughs> uh, before I get on to some of the more recent ones and, and some of the ones that stuck in my mind, um, I, I just wanted to ask you guys, have you heard of the saying, uh, only in America? <laughs> I have, but on, from Reddit. Right. I, I've so, seen it on Reddit. So, and, I, so, and we deserve every bit of it. So, so you know, so you know, so you know, like a lot of these stories, it seemed to be uncannily based in North America. So so you know, is that because you guys are just masters at recording things and and documenting things and the rest of the world lags behind? Or or do you think from the the barrage of of stories or leads that you get, it's fairly balanced out there? Well, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that we record on, I think the part of the reason it's centered here is because it comes from stuff that we rounded up before we started the show, and this just our right. personal experience because we right. grew up here. Mm -hmm. um, right. We have covered international stuff, and we love covering it, um, but it's it's outside our personal experience because we haven't lived right. abroad really for you know any particular amount of time. We've both traveled, but like. So I would say it's really just about, you know, it's because what our personal experience is. We, you know, we covered um, some stuff in, uh, I guess, last year in Wales and um, uh, actually uh, several stories in Wales, the Black Lump mm. of Pontefract and um, a couple of UFO incidents there. I particularly want to do uh, a show on a, uh, a famous UFO sighting at a school in Zimbabwe. So we do try to get outside of that. But, you know, obviously we know more because we grew up here. We, sure. We've heard the stories and there's things that intrigue us. And, yeah. it's, and it's easier to run down a lot of times uh, well, information yeah. that you need. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, that's the thing is that we've actually early on, somebody said, well, why, why do you only cover stories from the U.S.? And we thought about it. It's like, well, actually, we've covered stories from all over the world, uh, Russia, mm -hmm. Japan. Australia, yeah. uh, uh, Northern Europe, Eastern Europe. Um, and when you when you think about it, yes, like what Scott said, like we recently covered uh, the story of the Kira object, which was a strange, you could call it a micro UFO that appeared to some boys in uh, 1972, mm -hmm. 1974, something like that in Japan. Uh, but the sources are in Japanese. So when uh, we have some friends that, that speak the language and could translate, but it's not very easy to get all that data. And then it being happening so uh, long ago, uh, mm. some of those sources are not easily ex accessible. So, so mm. that's the yeah, thing. You get lost a little bit in cultural references uh, as well. You make mistakes. Um, like hilariously, I did with, I think it was the Berwyn Mountain or the UFO incident where there was, it, it was oh. essentially something just short of an earthquake. And a lot of people called the emergency number 
And, uh, you know, in the US, when you call emergency, it's uh, 911. And in the UK, it's 999. Um, and but I had said 999 people called in. And I was like, I just completely <laughs> well, but that was the way it was. It They're was like, worked. no, you idiot. Yeah. That's the phone number. Yeah. Lots <laughs> of 999 calls. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nick, right. There were 900, <laughs> nine, 999 calls. It's like, no, no, there were 999 calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, so there's a little uh, bit of that. But but yeah, really, uh, that's the factors that we do try to cover stuff that pops up. Like I said, we let the stories come to us. And, and a lot of it, we have this uh, long list of things that we've always talked about and wanted to cover and, and want to know more about. Uh, there's things that people have sent us. There's things that we trip onto mm. just going over the Internet. And so we'll we'll try to line that up. But a lot of it is organic in the way uh, we will set it up in the in the in the lineup. And, and we also also try to have some variety. So it's not four or five UFO stories in a row or three or four ghost stories in a row. We'll, we'll try and space them out. Uh, so because we tried to aim for the broadest swath of the listening audience. Yeah. So we know that not everybody's into all the same subjects and that's just, that's just part of also we like, we personally like the variety. Like that's part of what keeps it interesting for us too. Yeah. Yeah, We, we're not just, it's not just a Bigfoot show or just a, a ghost show. Uh, we try to cover all these things, but you'll realize that people, uh, you know, will let you know, it's like, yeah, I, I love UFOs and, but ghosts, nah, it's a crock. You know, I we're not. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'll listen to it maybe, but it's not really my thing. They really want to uh, focus on the main thing that that uh, you know really interests them, and they don't always align. And uh, but we will try and at least kind of hit some of those. And also, yeah, like Scott said, we like the variety. We like uh, you know old historical mysteries, uh, scientific phenomena. Uh, whatever kind of comes up and, and presents itself uh, to us, uh, like I said, that that lineup in the feed comes about organically a lot of it. And then some things we've had planned for a while, like it'll be a, uh, or it'll, it'll be a serendipitous, uh, an author is coming out with a book or a documentary, and it's a great time to interview them and, and present it, or uh, something will kind of uh, nudge its way to the front. So that's usually how we choose it. But yeah, we've, we've done stories that come out all over the world. And uh, that's the other thing I will say is that strange, weird stuff happens everywhere. It's, it's Without a, a doubt. It, 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 it gets a lot of attention in the U.S., of course, because uh, we, you know, yes, we uh, we have a lot of characters here and they get a lot of attention. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no. it happens. Not at it all. Happens. Not yeah. at all. <laughs> so one of, the, one, of the, one of the mysteries you should cover is, is, is how the president got elected. <laughs> That's sorry shouldn't say that i don't know well, we you know we don't do politics on our show i'm aligned i'm aligned with your question That's no religion <laughs> no religion no politics that's phenomenal george oh, george and i thought it was oh sorry yeah. george oh, and i thought I, it was uh, a very very interesting that we arranged this uh interview for 9 11 at 11 a.m Yes. Ah, did, you yeah. get the, did you get the symbolism there? It was something that Scotty was pushing for. There's a conspiracy there. There's a, oh, it's have still you guys heard about here. the tent um, here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's Look all, at, right. It's all perspective and it's all uh, has a lot to do with your, your personal uh, view on stuff. Uh, yeah. Where you're at and what you're experiencing. It's like with Scott. He, you know, he was talking about the Sally House and 
um, again, I didn't, I heard the recording right then. Cause he, he, we eventually got him to come back. It's I saw him bolt out of the room. It's like, what just happened? Did he just, I see didn't something? go back inside the house though. Yeah, right. I never set foot back inside. He didn't the house. go back inside. Yeah. He, we went into the yeah. backyard and he played it for us. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, my first thought was like broadcasting gold. It's going to be so great for the podcast. I've got nothing but, to lose, mate. You've got nothing no, to lose. But, you're, you're, uh, a, you're flying solo. He has a whole family to protect. Come on. <laughs> exactly. He has other considerations. Uh, I could be haunted, uh, you know, for the rest of my doesn't days. Matter. It doesn't really doesn't matter. Uh, but the, the, seriously though the thing that um it was just such a strange sound to me mm. and really what struck me the most is i saw how affected he was one of my best friends it's like yeah i i could i could see that but it, it hit him in a way that was so personal that uh, for me it was different in mm. that it was more um uh i'm not saying intellectual but it's it was more like what what is this what could possibly have done that i mean i've, I've heard electronic voice on a phenomenon before uh sorry electronic voice phenomena before in various clips and it's spooky and it's creepy i wasn't the one to record them it had really no connection to me other than like i i find it entertaining to listen to but uh, that was one that was i was there for it and yeah. uh it, it was just more so just thinking like what is going on here what does it mean what's the message that was the thing what is it saying mm. to us mm. and i didn't like that it freaked him out so mm. bad i i felt like you don't do that to my friend. I, you don't, mm. you know, it's like if somebody, some stranger came up to one of your family members, your, your wife or your child and screamed at them in public. It's like, you don't yeah, do the, that. Yeah, the great thing then was Forrest rolled up his sleeves and went back in the house with the recorder. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he, he was like, and I always forget that part Good of the story. On you. He, tried, he, to he get, was, tried to get some additional stuff and nothing happened. Mm. Nothing right. happened there, but it did. Like I said, I've used it on my own, and I've gotten things that were were similar. So there's something. Yeah. It's not. It to me, it's not something that's just malfunctioning because, you know, we've all had uh, radios that, to go and, and TVs go on the fritz, and they don't sound like they're trying to talk to you. <laughs> there's no. Yeah. It's just it's just static, and there's there's something going on. But yeah, that that's yeah, and and I'll say. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Forrest. No, I was going to say that's just that's one case where that was really such a personal perspective and how mm. you not only how you experienced it, how you thought about it uh, rationally and what are you to do with that information? How do you go about your regular day? And for quite a while, it's uh, yeah, we were a little freaked out. I mean, this is, yeah, this, is, this, this is fascinating to me because you don't often share your personal perspectives on the stories. You conduct narratives and, um, and you run through the historical um, sequence of evidence or the chronological sequence of evidence. And you, you kind of lead the listener to draw their own conclusions. But, um, but let me ask you some questions with some of your most recent, recent stories. Um, alien autopsy, <laughs> believe it or not. See, I mean, that's a, seriously, that's a, that's seriously, a story. Yeah, seriously, if it's if it's if it if it's uh, engendered by a guy called Spiros Malaris, you got to be doubtful. Sorry, I am George? of Greek. I am of Greek descent. That's okay. dodgy, that's that's dodgy as all hell. Come on. Oh, we Scott and I both got very excited when we heard he was a professional magician because we're, yeah, we're, we're magic. We're oh, magic. Geeks, you know, it adds it adds yeah. it adds it adds to the credibility, doesn't it? Instead of, instead of no. pulling a instead of pulling a rabbit out of his hat, he pulled a hair out of his ass, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> you you could say with with the, with the help of some of his friends. Uh, yeah. Or he had his friends sculpt a, a, an alien rear. That's uh, right. Great story. Great story. Up. But I've got to say, I was skeptical. But you guys, what do you think? Um, well, we we knew uh, going in, in terms of believing him. You're skeptical, or you're skeptical of believing in the hoax, or skeptical yes. of. Oh yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm convinced that he did it. Um, yeah, I mean, but. the amount of detail he would need to come up with to I mean, it's just, but it's just too much um, to to have. I, everything he said makes sense. Also, spe specifically the part of it that plays to like what uh, Forrest and I both know about film production and mm -hmm. um, the way the, the, that it was processed, plus the experience we had in investigating the Patterson-Gimlin film, which is a very mm -hmm. similar topic. Uh, we learned a lot on that one. And through all the connections, like, I, yeah, I don't, for me, I, there's no question that he faked it. And especially, and here's the other thing, and, and I meant to convey this in the show, I'm not sure if it came off, but um, certainly not in 1995, because I was completely green then. Back then I was a tape runner. Like I was just getting into the business, delivering tapes, uh, mm. which not even a job that exists anymore. And then, uh, but looking at it again recently for the show, I could see that um, all of the noise was digitally introduced, uh, that it was fake, falsely aged, that it was digitally yep. aged. And, yep. that, and the contrast was way too high. It was manipulated contrast, not a natural degradation of contrast in film. And just those two things are like, no, this is, you know, this is clearly a hoax because this has been digitally altered. Mm. So the, the bigger question at hand and, you know, I don't want to steal forest thunder here is, you know, but is, but I think I know what he's going to say is it do, doesn't mean there's not a film out there somewhere. It doesn't mean that there's not stories connected to Roswell that are real. So, you know, but Spiros is, you know, still, he just a few days ago, he got a death threat, another, like a really pronounced death threat that oh, really? like, the police are involved in. Yeah. I just, I, Cause I joined his Facebook group on the alien oh, autopsy. Wow. Like they're, they had to like track a guy down by IP address because of some threat he made to Spiros and his family. So it's a little yeah. crazy how intense people are about it. Well, yeah. that's what we say is that, you know, there is the story, there is the incident and the historical things, but uh, really none of that matters so much to us humans when uh, really it's a human story because there's always a human social element to it and that how do we deal with that? So it's like with this film and like, yes, there's the film and it is what it is. Or if you look at the Patterson Gimlin Bigfoot film, it's like, well, there's, there are really two things going on. You, you have this uh, section of film that shows what it shows. Uh, no one has ever, even then to this or to this day, ever doubted that it's not a real piece of unaltered film, that whatever was shot on that film really happened there it is that's the image what's questioned is is that a guy in a suit uh what is that uh that's being seen so in a way that's different is that that's not been altered at all but really the other story is how do us humans deal with something like that that a piece of evidence like that that is put to the world and we have to now decide what do we believe about it and that's mm. what i always say it's it's like why would you even care to make a death threat to somebody claiming that they faked a film mm. why would you care what would what, what difference could it make well you're messing with people's beliefs and once you start to do that they get very defensive 
uh, to the point of some with violence, as we've seen throughout the world, when you start yeah. to question people's belief, they, they will uh, mm -hmm. uh, get very angry to the point where they're actually committing crimes. And mm -hmm. so with this, mm -hmm. all we have to do with the alien autopsy film is that what, do we, what can we examine about it? And with that, it's like you can, you can take what Spiros Malaris said, and the only other story out there that's counter to that in a way is Ray Santilli's story because he was the one who presented that film to the world. Yeah. And when you look at what he said compared to what Spiro said, and, and Scott, with us, yeah, in this case, we have knowledge of uh, film and video post-production. Uh, and some of the things that Ray said, it's like, yeah, that does not... The, the main thing being is that he said there's actual real clips, a few frames here and there of real footage. The rest is recreated, but... He was able to stick and real yeah. stick in real you just, film. You can't do that. It's it's, mm. it's impossible would, to. We do We know that, that you yeah. would notice because uh, to do that with physical film to splice it in, you'll see a jump. It, yeah. It's not going to match. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not going to work. I, I worked on a commercial where a horse kicked a football for the Super Bowl. I know a lot <laughs> about this stuff. I'm telling you right now, you can't do that. You just can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's it's funny. It's it's funny what, how how people behave when you when you question their beliefs. I mean, it's so. Um, it's so evidence-based, isn't it? My belief's better than your belief. Yeah. And, yeah. and you better believe it. <laughs> you better believe it. Or else. And neither of them. Or yeah. else. <laughs> right. And, and neither right. of them really have, uh, it's, just, it's just what you go in with your preconceived notions because yeah. ultimately you can't prove it either way. No. Um, no. Like, it's like with the Patterson-Gimlin film. It's like you can look at, uh, you know, even with the circumstances, and I'll say this about uh, with both films, is that uh, with a piece of evidence, uh, people will say, well, look at Roger Patterson. He was kind of a, a showman and a huckster, and he was always trying to, uh, you know, get away with it with an easy gag to make himself money. And he talked about filming a documentary mm -hmm. and uh, he could have been in the middle of doing that right then. Uh, and at the same time, this other creature happened that to, to shoot it with. So you have to look at what do you actually what are you actually looking at and, and forget about the character of of roger patterson or bob gimlin or spiros or ray and it's like yeah they could have uh, said well I, I i intended to create a hoax and i was actually doing it i was in the middle of it when this happened and this ended up on film mm -hmm. and that's what you have to look at so we we yeah people would say like considering it at all is just is baloney and a waste of time why do you guys do that it's like well uh look we're taking uh what we have to deal with and looking at that and Yes, you consider you can consider people's character. Uh, you can consider the the circumstances around it, but but try to get rid of your prejudices and your preconceived notions, and and consider everything. That's that's what I try to do, and and you'll see with a lot of uh, debunkers, uh, especially that type, not so much the skeptics, is that it's a lazy type of debunking, and that they there's already things that they will not consider as possibilities and it's like well you've already eliminated maybe 20 percent of possible outcomes and i know they're not rational and they sound way out there but uh now you're trying now you have a very limited vocabulary about what it could be and what they end up with is uh you know to me kind of sounds silly it's like with the we, we talked about kelly hopkinsville that case in america in kentucky mm -hmm. And uh, this family, two families that were staying at the same place, the same farmhouse, reported this very strange incident. And 
if you eliminate that it could be something otherworldly or weird or unexplained creatures let's say just creatures that nobody's ever dealt with or or seen before if you remove all that then the best you can do is well they were all drunk and they saw owls which is to me it's like that's the best you got well if you eliminate everything else that's not uh you know a mundane uh answer uh a prosaic answer then i guess owls is it it's got it's got to be owls and they were so drunk on uh hooch and moonshine that all they drunk yeah including yes, the kids the, the, yeah the, the <laughs> seven eight year old uh, nine-year-old kids everyone's drunk they're all hallucinating the same thing it is kentucky and it's possible <laughs> you know it's, that a very, it's a very mystical place i will i've now visited several times and and there are strange things going on but oh, let, yeah. me ask, let me ask you fellas uh is there any place in australia that's known for mm. high amounts of concentrated strange weird stories and, and just general weird south, mm -hmm. south australia yeah you 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 featured you featured the summerton man mm. so yeah. uh, adelaide yeah. adelaide is yeah is uh known as the city of churches but paradoxically it's also known as the crime uh, you know like we most mass murderers weird. in australia happen in like, south australia you were too you know we're talking about two-headed country you know like really um you know like weird stuff well there's ah. uh, and there's the bunyip at murray bridge and there's all sorts oh, of yeah. stuff you know yeah, yeah. the bunyip yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was interesting, what was the most interesting part of your Summerton Man series was that you mentioned that uh, the FBI uh, get taught that case in, in, uh, in their training college. Is that right? That Lang yes. Is it Langley? Yeah. No, that's CIA, right? Uh, they that's CIA. CIA is Langley. Uh, FBI is uh, Quantico. In I, uh, yeah, Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I, find, I find that incredible that out of all the cases that, that um, I mean, America's famous for unsolved cases. I mean, sure, that, sure. Yeah. that that would even feature. I mean, we're talking about the 50s. The 1950s in Australia were, it's an era where, where Australia was a very quiet country and mm. adelaide was the quietest place in the in the country so to think that that even made it on the rankings is just uh just uh, incredible i don't know why i mean why it's a strange I, 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 it makes you wonder if they know more about it than they're saying <laughs> yes <laughs> well yes. yeah i think the elements of it is that again uh there's a body you have yeah. a lot of physical evidence and uh, you're missing a lot of it but there are a lot of strange clues uh, that can be followed up to a point. So it, mm. I think it makes a great training exercise, like when you have limited evidence, but obviously something happened to this guy mm. and, uh, it, and the circumstances are strange. And then it, it's possible uh, there could be an espionage angle to it. Uh, it could be a simple strange, a, a case of strange um, uh, physical effects, mm. uh, a, a weird disease that this guy had. You don't really know, and but you do. Like I said, you do have an actual missing person under strange circumstances. So it has all those elements, yeah. and it's it it might be great to follow up for them to, you know, be, because it hasn't been solved. And I think apart from, uh, you know, we're apart from a case where something mysterious happened, but you you have a a lot of eyewitness evidence, not a lot of physical evidence, and you you don't have a lot of answers. Mm. That's also not great. Uh, because you can only go so far, then the rest is conjecture.
I mean, one of the one of the inferences was that it was a Cold War espionage, um, you know, um, affair, um, which 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 timing wise um, kind of coincides with um, another big big case in Australia, which most Australians would not re recall today. It's called the Petrov affair. I don't know if you mm. if your in, if your investigations mm. at the time led you to see a parallel there, because it was a big it, there was a big um, you know um, you guys had the McCarthy era, mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. we had a similar witch hunt, you know, hunting down, hunting down uh, Russian spies in the Australian uh, community. So we did uh, lead okay. into that. the The other one, um, uh, but we didn't lean into it too far. I think it, it probably came up uh, with our research. The only one that kind of sparked some interest that we it was a road that we didn't go down was that towards the end of our research, I, I learned that there was a a rash of thalamide. Uh, poisonings happening in in Australia mm. around Wait, that thal time. Th thalidomide or thal thalamide? Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. No, no thalidomide. The, yeah, what, uh, mm. right. The uh, the radioactive mm. material. Yeah, oh? uh, that's the. And that's thalamide. Wait, which one that's one? not thalidomide. Oh, no, that's oh thalidomide. sorry, no, it's something else. Yeah. Yes. Uh, thalidomide was what they gave pregnant women to. Oh yes, that, yeah, sorry, yeah. yes, that was that, uh, that was. That was I'm talking about the radioactive uh, material, and uh, that was being used to poison people. Because yeah, that's right. The the effects mm. took quite a while. It was hard to trace that's during right. the time, and and uh, it's like, could that have been what he died of? Because mm. again, that was around the time when that happened, and mm. this this other thing was going on. So that's the other thing that we like. Uh, that's really satisfying when we when we do a deep dive is to make a connection that may not be very well known. Uh, that really gets you down the rabbit hole mm. because it's not that somebody else hasn't thought of it; it's that you haven't thought of it before, and now you're making this connection. Mm. Uh, so that that really uh, gets you going as far as research. Mm. So, gents, uh, what's next for you guys? TV. <laughs> well they have a youtube channel the, the Brett. Mm. that's the small yes, yeah but it's not screen. it's not really a channel yet it's about no. to be a channel it's yeah the big channel the big one yeah um we're we're um i mean you guys you guys create episodes that i mean okay it, there's no there's no visuals but but you create episodes that are as good as any documentary that i've seen Oh, you know. thank you. Oh, well, thank you. And Thanks and very much. and and you know because uh, because there, there's so many so many big networks in America, I'm 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 impressed that that no one snapped you up. Um, yeah. seriously. Because well, it, I, I, remember, I mean, I have an opinion on that. It's a little different from Forrest, I think. But like, um, my my wife works in TV and mm -hmm. has for decades. And um, as, after seeing what she's been through, I don't find it appealing. I really enjoy you. the creative freedom that we have and yep. uh, the unrestricted format in terms of time and also yep. the total freedom to decide what we want to say or not say and all of that kind of stuff. Um, we, you know, we, we get those calls from time to time. We have representation and all of that. And, you know, we're, have been asked to do a few things, but most of them required a, a fair amount of travel. Unfortunately, I'm not in a position to do that just because of the age of my son and everything. And, um, I mean, we were offered this one thing where we needed, we had to go to the Arctic circle for like six or eight weeks, right. which sounded fun, but by the same token, uh, the other thing is there's not most of the things that we get offered. There's not a ton of income in it either. Mm. It's, it's not necessarily mm. better than what we're doing. Mm. And, um, uh, but also I'm just not, you know, Forrest and you can answer this for you. I just don't care much about being on camera. I, that said, we're about to 
really we're st we're starting we're going to launch a youtube show so we're going to soft launch right. it pretty yeah. soon yeah um after we get through october uh because we do want to do that and have fun with it and have guests on and have them on camera and that they you know that's why i actually have a sort mm. of a set here because we're mm. working on that like mm. you know a couple mm. months ago i didn't have any of this crap behind me so like, right it's, no, no, just I... trying to sort of get ready for that so yeah. that's you know that's the next big thing i would say for 2021 for us mm. but our youtube channel right now is like mm. it's just sort of a a little vestige of our larger operation but it's getting ready to get uh, a massive overhaul yeah yeah and i can understand why there's no hurry to get onto tv because everyone knows who's done podcasting there's so much money in it so you guys must be rolling in it <laughs> yeah, so. well i mean it's just the tv thing is just you know you're either going to be yeah. a, you've either got to be josh gates where you're like repel i don't know if you guys have seen him but you're like repelling in the cliffs and yeah he's 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 big here um yeah and he goes he, he comes to stuff we do but he goes there yeah, yeah. and he like, is yeah. you know doing and but he also has you know degrees in uh social or anthropology and other other things that we don't have i mean we're mm. amateurs and um so i don't know so the next offer for us is us just hosting something while someone else goes and does all the exciting stuff but i mean the reality is what we'd like to do as the show continues is actually get more out, out more in the field ourselves right, yeah, right. and be out you know talking to people on the ground and traveling and all that and as as my son gets older that becomes an easier prospect for me but mm -hmm. uh, we've made a lot of friends all over the world that have uh, especially with some of the international stuff we covered that have invited us to come you know to loftus hall or wherever else and it's like we want to do that stuff but also we would i you know or i think we'd like to uh get on the road at least in the summertime e even if it's in north america and mm. go out and hit you know record the show on the road from the road and go check things out ourselves so yeah that'd you know, be, all of that that'd is be potentially great. Yeah, sounds that'd be great. like yeah yeah the other thing is you know scott and i know having uh worked in connection with uh television and, and film and tv is that you know they have a lot of controls and once somebody starts uh there's a lot of it's about money somebody else is paying for all this other than yourselves and so when you have corporate entities and networks and studios weighing in, it's you are now a small part of the creative process and mm. they will come mm. up with their own opinions mm. and it's no longer your show. So that's yeah, on top of that, they don't know anything about what I'm just, you know, I've got to <laughs> yeah. be careful. But yeah, that's, that's true. Have, that's that's very true. Very, I know where you're going with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. They don't know yes. anything about what you're what yeah. they're they They've been asked to create something that makes money and sells commercials, and they've never yep. like looked. Yep. Never even seen an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. In our yep. case, it's, would be it, a, yeah, right. it's, it's an ROI you know, exercise. It's not totally. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> exactly. It's, it's the uh, exactly. You know, they're not. Uh, I kind of agree with it because at the same time, it's a structured, formatted product that they're producing that they that they are mm. generating, and there are rules to it. They have you know time structures. There's there's uh, there are ratings to consider mm -hmm. so there's mm -hmm. a lot of factors that mm -hmm. uh, naturally as a business that they have to consider and they don't always jive with the creative process now the thing about uh, podcasting is that really no one's you know no one's telling you what to do it's your show and and yes you uh, once you start getting advertisers on there uh, there are there are things that uh, you may have to adhere to but not not a whole lot it's, it's only really in connection to doing the, the ads for them as long as you're you're you know follow as long as you have an audience uh you could pretty much do whatever you want so it's a um you know th there is a, a 
a luxury to it. There's an it's an indulgent medium in, in the sense that you can uh, make the show whatever you want, and as long as your audience stay stays mm. with you, mm. uh, you are in control. No one can really fire you. Yeah, it's very um, so, much a meritocracy. Yeah, it's sink or swim, and yep. you know if you, we if love you stink, that. people aren't going to listen. And, we, and if people, you know, and it'll, and it allows you to do to be your own creative. You're not yep. haven't right. got a team behind you yep. saying no. You need to do this. Yeah, we we, we love we love that approach. But look, you know, here's an idea for you guys, right? You know, because you you know when when you when you go into winter, here we go. You go into fall. You here can come go. to Australia. Do a field trip uh-huh. down here, down under, and, and include New Zealand because you don't have any stories that have come out of New Zealand. Oh God, I want to go uh, to New Zealand so yeah, bad. All that, my friends that's are right. in New Zealand, and that's right. Yeah. And and we'd more, you know, we'd we, we'd be more than happy to show you um, to carry your bags, uh, to carry your bags, <laughs> um, uh, even even uh, even actors, gatekeepers to you know all those uh, admiring fans. But but uh, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd we'd even try and track down some drop bears or snow snakes for you, or uh, oh, you know, like, oh, the hoop snake, yes. Yeah, the hoop snakes and, oh, okay. and all the creatures and all the creatures that supposedly exist in Australia that no one's laid eyes on yet. We can, <laughs> we, can, we can do that. That would be you. awesome. That would be awesome. Now you I have a couple that. of friends down here at uh, sunny Bondi Beach uh, in Sydney, and and like I said, you're going to have to get you've got to get used to wearing budgie smugglers. <laughs> I've noticed that is a thing. Or, yes, or, it's, not a thing or as, it's not a thing. It's how you swim without being dragged uh, down like an anchor. We actually, uh, <laughs> most people call them budgie smugglers, but some of us call them sluggos. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you, you, we'll, we'll, we'll get you to, we'll um, grease you up on the terminology. But, but nice. I take it, I take it you like real beer, which is great. We have lots of that down here. We do. Excellent. Absolutely. And, uh, and I've got to say, I've got to say, we'll find a few, you know, like weirdos for you too. We've got a few. <laughs> oh, I think I, we I, can. I'm sure there is. <laughs> Uh, Mike, what's the, what's the name for the the blue tank top that it's uh, very popular? Oh, the wife basher. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, 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 we say beater, but I thought I thought there was another name. Uh, uh, oh, oh you, you, see, you actually have that. Oh no, wait, it did it did have bonds, a name for us, didn't it? Bonds, Were we talking about that during the Summerton Man? The, the bonds he was wearing. The bond singlet. Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah the bonds, yeah. the bond singlet. Yeah, it's. Uh, Oh, it, so you actually have that term, the wife, uh, the wife beater. Uh, that's yeah, really we have. Oh, yeah, but beater. but it's usually white. It's white, and it will be stained with uh, several yeah. of your last meals. The, the Heinz uh, undershirt, right? Or the Heinz yeah. singlet. Yeah. yeah, I was talking about like yeah, generally singlet. workmen, uh, workmen. Uh, yeah, right. So, uh, we we you know like we'll we'll take you to places that will look very familiar to you. You know, places where you know we we'll walk into pubs full of uh, blokes, and there'll be two teeth amongst them, and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and they'll be related. Nice. <laughs> and they'll all be related and they're, they're very familiar to you guys. See, we're, oh, not, we're, not, yeah. we're not that different after all. No, <laughs> no not at all. Not at all. But we're looking forward to having a Wolf Creek experience with you. So yeah. if oh, you yeah. come down, if you come down, we'll um, we'll definitely love love to uh, chaperone you. Gents, oh, thanks. Uh, awesome. Thanks so much for, for giving us yeah. your time. It, we really do appreciate it. You know, we're we just do. a little yeah. baby podcast, even though we've mm. been doing it for a few years. But... Yeah, you know, it's, uh, we feel privileged that you guys gave us some of your time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, 
and it's been and, a lot of fun guys and it, it, the honor's ours it's I mean, to be invited on anything especially a show uh as prominent as yours we appreciate it and i don't care how many people aren't writing you back that's uh that's their mistake <laughs> it's pro- prominent <laughs> in our minds yes that's correct <laughs> we now we now know there are definitely two listeners in america <laughs> that's right <laughs> Uh, I could check but, that out. Yeah. Uh, well, how about how about a song, Brett? Uh, did, did we we, we do finish though? with a song, and I I don't know if I asked you guys that, but is there a particular song that that you love that we can trail out on today? Something that you um, trip the light, fantastic as young kids, you know, in front dancing in front of the mirror at home, or uh, maybe. Uh, you know, singing at karaoke when you have a few too many. George, uh, I, I love it how your head starts to wobble when you talk about music. It's like as if you, it's the John Travolta or the oh, fat Elvis, oh, it's, you know. Oh, it's, it's bringing back memories, Brett. Elvis <laughs> just before he died. Well, for it me, it has I, to be... Uh, yeah, go ahead, Scott. I was going to say, it has to. does it have to be pop? No, no it can no, be it can anything. anything. Yeah. Well, oh. My my vote is, uh, and this is I, t- I actually told Scott earlier, maybe I did or did not, uh, in anticipation of this interview uh, this evening for us, I actually had a dream that I was at a uh, Men at Work concert. Ah, <laughs> down, come from a land down under. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely. That, it's, it, that's we, a that was such a such a hit. Uh, that was a huge hit mm. here, uh, you know, especially on MTV. Yep, and. Uh, Colin Hay, I believe, is, is still very popular as a yep. as a touring solo act now, and yeah, uh, he is. Uh, people they love the band. It was yeah, it was a very uh, cultural phenomenon here. Certainly with myself, and and uh, I still have the old uh, cassette tapes of. Uh, of oh, wow. <laughs> and I so, was yeah, uh, that's my that's my vote. Well, look, gents, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, and yes. I look George forward Brett, to more of you your so episodes. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Take thank care. you for having thank us you. on. Take, Take care. care. Okay. Bye bye. Smile.